Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and on my podcast, we talk to the authors about themselves. We also talk about their books as well as their ideas. And every single book has two stories, and you're going to find out both stories. Joining me today is a fascinating woman. Her name is Mary Angela Allen, and she's here to talk about her autobiography, Living the High Note. Mary, welcome to Books on Air. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You know, I'm always curious. I I say in my introduction that every book has two stories, and authors write books for a lot of different reasons. And I'm always curious about how the book comes to be. This is your autobiography, and you've decided to share your story with the world, literally. What made you come to the decision that you wanted to share your story? Well, I um, was telling someone at church about the way that I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior, and she said, oh, you need to write that down. So I thought I was just going to write a few, you know, pages <laughs> about how I actually asked the Lord to be my Savior, but the pandemic hit, and every time I listened, you know, there was nothing to do but watch TV. So I was watching TV, and it was so mean and hateful, and everybody was angry and uh, hurting. And I thought, you know, I'm going to put that all out of my mind, and I'm just going to write the good things that God has done for me. He's given me uh, talents and miracles and dreams, and I've had a fascinating life. And I want everyone to see that their life is also directed by God if they only let him direct their lives. See, I knew there was a story behind the story. There always is. Now, you wanted to be a singer, and that's the reason that the book is titled Living the High Note. Am I right? Yes. Also, because I I do sing in churches. Uh, I've always sang all my life um, as a soprano. So that's why living the high note is basically, and I started out where my mother, uh, when she had me, she was looking for a girl because she'd already had a boy. She had seven kids, but at that time she had one boy and she had me. And when they told her uh, it was a girl, she started singing hallelujah. And (laughs) so (laughs) I guess, and I was singing, of course, with my crying voice. And so that was my first. I know. <laughs> I love that story. That is absolutely terrific. You came out singing the high note. <laughs> I love yes. that. Right. So tell me, give me an overview of the book. You have had so many things, uh, adventures, sort of, things that felt like there was intervention in your life. Let's give our our listeners a little bit of an overview of what you shared in the book okay would you like me to read from my book certainly if you'd like to let's let's do that now okay well um it started in college really uh or during college um i had just broken up with a boyfriend and you know how it is when you're young you think it's the end of the world and so uh i called a friend 
who was actually a son of a uh, Baptist preacher, and he told me, he said, well, I can't begin to understand your own life, and, and I also told him that I had sin in my life, you know, and he he said, but I do know that if you'll ask Jesus to forgive your sin and to come into your heart, that you will be able to live a wonderful, fulfilling life, and so I trusted him, and uh, it's here's how it starts. Uh, actually, on page seven of the book, uh, Living the High Note. That very night, with the help of my friend's instruction, I cheerfully asked God to forgive all my sins. I asked Jesus to be my personal Savior and to come into my heart. This action changed something inside me, although at that time I didn't really know what was changed. In fact, when I woke up the next morning, I was a little doubtful that anything was different in my life. I still had to go to breakfast, and I had to go to class. And everything seemed to be ordinary. The day after was pretty calm and ordinary. I began to think that nothing really happened when I prayed. But things were different. Jesus was going to show me the evidence of the miraculous power of being born again. In the, na- in the days ahead, I was going to see the marvelous workings of the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, my Savior. I would learn that God loved me and thought about me. Even though I was an unimportant nobody, just as much as he thought of all the important people like Moses or Abraham, Jesus would visit me in a dream. The next night after a long day of class, it was late and time to go to bed. I decided to pray for the first time in years. I turned off the lights and knelt by my bed, but I was suddenly filled with the fear of the awesome thought of who God was, thoughts of his powers in the form of thunder and lightning entered my mind. I was unable to utter a word of prayer. My mind was convinced that God was just too powerful and I was just too small. I hid in my bed, shaking until I finally fell asleep. Once asleep, God gave me a vision of Jesus in a dream. The dream I had was so vivid, so colorful, so plainly revealing that nothing can ever erase its memory from my heart. The setting of the dream was the Baptist Student Union. In a big empty meeting room, about a dozen or so students were sitting in a circle. They were engaged in a discussion and simply did not even know I was there. I stood in the back of the room feeling like I didn't belong. All the way across the room from me past the circle of students was a door. All of a sudden, a black, smoky cloud began to drift through the door like a menacing power. It was headed right for me. Fear filled my being, and the long, straight hair I had began to rise. I was so terrified. I began to scream, but no words came out of my mouth. The black cloud drifted right through the students, but in this dream, they neither felt it or saw it or reacted to it in any way. Then, as if floating on a bright, shiny cloud, my Lord Jesus appeared to my right. Jesus had an appearance full of light. The outlining details of his face and clothing were like softly drawn dashes blended together in the shiny cloud of light that proved to my mind I was indeed seeing my Lord. Instantly, I knew him and felt a connection in my spirit. And it later reminded me of the scripture in the Bible, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness comprehends it not. In the dream, Jesus looked at the smoky cloud and said, be gone. 
Immediately the cloud dispersed and was completely gone. Then Jesus turned to me, and in the kindest voice I had ever said, ever heard, I mean, do not be afraid, he said. At that moment I woke up, and I knew the Lord had appeared in my dream. He was even present in my room because I felt immersed in warmth, joy, and love. It will be an experience I never forget. Jesus is real. He is the Savior. God is my Father and cares for me. I was finally truly loved. Anyway, (laughs) that's the part uh, of my life that is like the beginning. And I remember it. even the date was November 8th, 1970. So powerful. I was in college. Yes. Gosh, that's so powerful. um, How could that not be life changing, Mary? I mean, it's to have a dream like that and to feel that kind of reality about the dream, that is so very powerful for you. Yes. I've heard people say, Well, I've always been a believer and I never had dreams like that. (laughs) You know, I really think that if they need something, the Lord will be right there. Uh talking with him and walking with him, but they have to trust him as the word, as Jesus said himself, you must become like a little child. And I've always had like a childlike belief in God. And I knew that Jesus was a good person. I just didn't realize the significance of him dying on the cross and that he, he died so that all of our sins, all of our punishment would be put upon him. I think that is, the, and that's why it is the best love that ever was. Well, you've also had some interventions in your life that you're attrib- that you attribute to the actual intervention of God, because you've nearly you were nearly killed. You nearly had a terrible accident with your children in a car, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and you were stranded on that lonely road. I mean, you relate several different stories. How did you? How did you pick what you put into the book? How did you choose what to write? It's as if I was, when I sit down to write, it was as if um, I was going through the dream of seeing it again. Uh, I I know that I I would sit down to watch TV because I'm kind of a lazy person (laughs) and I like being entertained. And the Lord would say, "Uh, you got to write, got to write, got to get over there to that computer <laughs> and so i say okay lord you know and i get over there and and then it just started flowing and um it's just like it came out of uh like a maybe a subconscious or a dream mm-hmm. or something that's stored in your brain and um then came chapter three and four which i had to deal with my sin my the big sinning part of my life <laughs> and that was not easy and I thought, oh, I'm just going to tell the whole world what I've done in my wicked days, you know. But um, I knew that there was a reason that he wanted me to finish this book. There's someone who needs to read this book, someone who needs to realize that they can be forgiven of sin, just like I have been. That they can have a real walk with Jesus and um, that includes you. Well, right, <laughs> I sure. Hope you have a walk with Jesus, you know. And uh, well, our walk may be different, but it was really funny because that that in- instance that you were talking about uh, when I, when we spun around on that snowy bank, that 
uh, that was a scary thing. And I was in a bad frame of mind. I was already a Christian. I'd already got married, had two children, and they were strapped in, in the back seat. And I just visited my dad in Almagordo. We were going to go up the mountain and down the mountain to uh, our home in Carlsbad. And didn't realize it had snowed and i was thinking why am i a mother you know i'm sure everybody who has two little kids or two or three probably feels that way once in a while i'm sure you're why right do i have to do all this work it just it was just so much work and i was exhausted and teaching school at the time too and so i was driving up and i noticed oh it's snowing oh the, the road is getting icy and all of a sudden we did 180 and there was a tr- there was a big bus coming right at us <gasps> and I just closed my eyes and said oh lord is this how I'm going to die and I, when I opened my eyes we had gone a, a 180 degrees and and so we were in the wrong lane looking the wrong way but there were no cars coming the other way thank goodness it was all the lord and the bus had gone by and the other cars had stopped and the first silly uh, thought in my head was well now they're going to get out of the cars and see how we're doing and then I thought are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) I need to drive down this mountain so I got in the right lane and drove back to my dad's house until the roads were cleared up (laughs) but the thing about this story is I I told it in a woman's bible study and we had someone sing Jesus Take the Wheel, which um, Carrie Underwood, who was her song, and 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 a lot of women came up to me afterwards and said, I had the same experience, not quite like that, but, you know, I was in a car and it spun around and, and, and I had kids in the car and I thought, wow, I'm, I'm amazed, and that's what got me to thinking. A lot of the experiences that we experience, we don't realize other people have gone through similar things. And it'll make, I'm hoping it'll bring their memories up that they will think about what God has done for them and just start thanking him, you know, and all the the blessings that he has given them. Oh, I agree. And, you know, something that happens sometimes when people are writing a book that's as personal as, as the book is that you've written, when they write, when they start to write the words and they start to put the story down on paper, they learn something about themselves or there's some kind of revelation that takes place or something happens when they begin to do the writing. Did you have any kind of experience like that when you started writing the book? Well, I really loved my chapter two. It's about the Holy Spirit. And one thing that occurred to me as I was writing it was um, the Lord, I asked the Lord to give me the gift of tongues, and then I got confused. I think Satan was just trying to come at me or something, and I felt like God had put a wall between me and him, and I couldn't speak in tongues anymore, and I was just confused. So I went to this uh, meeting, and they began to sing and tongues and it was beautiful and so uh this lady stood up and said i've been waiting for this person i don't know who it is but god's given me a message for her and basically what she said was my little child do you think i would put a wall between you and me and i thought 
did she say a wall? That's exactly what I was thinking. And I knew the message was for me. So then she went on to say, if you'll just put all of your burden on me, and I will free you, and you will be mine, and I will be yours. And so I stood up and I said, that is for me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins, and I put my burden on you all my burdens on you and I believe in you. And then after that, everybody started singing in the spirit again. And I sang with them. And my friend who had brought me, she also speaks in tongues and she started laughing because she had been praying that I would be given that same gift. But what really was different as I was writing it, I thought, you know, that day there were lots and lots of people, like over a hundred people in that barn. And it just seemed like they were, they were standing and they were sitting. They were just everywhere. And then I realized I must have seen angels that day because we used to go every week after that for a while. And they just, maybe there were 20 people there at the most. There never was a hundred or more. And so I, I began to experience, you know, it's like God was saying, see, Look what was with you. you know? <laughs> and I've been with you the whole time. And not only him, but the whole host of heaven. I'll tell you what, I'll be sitting here practicing my songs for Sunday, and I hear the Lord say, Oh, come listen, Mary's giving us a concert. <laughs> and I'm oh, alone in the kitchen. I you know? love that. I really believe, I, I think the key is to just remember that God is very simple and it's a very quiet, still voice when he talks to you. You know, my sense is, well, I never hear his voice. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what you need to do is trust him and trust that he is speaking to you. And all of a sudden, you'll, it's not that you'll hear words, but you'll know that it's like a knowing, like he's showing you a picture or something. It's really amazing. I have had him talk to me in words a few times, but mostly it's more like a knowing. You know, I know that everyone who is listening to this right now is moved by your passion, and everyone hears that passion and belief in your voice. And I'm sure that there are people who are saying, all right, where can I find this book? Let's tell them. We're going to go to Amazon. Now, if you've never been to Amazon before, all you do in your search feature at the top is type in the word Amazon. You can put www.amazon.com, but you can just put the word Amazon, click on it, and you'll come to their home page. Now, sometimes if you've never done this, the first time you go to Amazon, it's a little overwhelming because there's so much information on that first page. Just look at the big, long, gray search box. On the left-hand side of that, there's a menu. Drop that menu down and choose Books. Here's the title of Mary's book. Put in Living the High Note by Mary, M-A-R-Y, Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A, Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Click on it. And the beautiful cover of the book will come up. Now, in the upper right-hand corner, if you've never noticed this before, you'll see two words. Listen, look inside. When you see the words look inside on that representation of the cover, just put your cursor on those words and give it just a little click. And the book will 
I always feel it's a little bit like magic. It just opens right up, and you see the electronic version of Mary's book, and you'll be able to read some of the information and more that that's there for you to see. It's a little excerpt from the book, just enough to give you more information about her book and how it sounds. You can also buy it right there on that page. Now, she's done... Kindle, she's done hardcover, she's done paperback, and she's done the audio book. So, and I love it that you've done the audio book because I think so many people are so taken with audio books. And I think that it's very different than reading a book. And I congratulate you, Mary, on having the foresight to do that. Some people don't want to buy their books from Amazon because it's such a, a large company and they have so many uh, things that they do. Where else, if our one of our listeners doesn't want to buy from Amazon, where else could they find your wonderful book? Well, you can go to Author House, which is A-U-T-H-O-R-H-O-U-S-E. No spaces. Author House is the, yeah, no spaces. It is a publisher, uh, probably .com. Uh, it is my publisher. And then uh, you can also go to Barnes & Noble. Uh, they have the book. Um, we really don't have hard copies, so uh, just to correct you on one thing. Oh, sorry. We have, because it's such a small book, we're just, we just have paperbacks and audiobooks. And so, uh, and that you can find on Kindle, or you can use your Kindle, I guess, to get that. Right. Now, have you got a website, Mary? Um, my website is by my name. Mary Angela Allen, and uh, it's just maryangelaallen.com, or you can just type in Mary Angela Allen, and now, uh, you'll see. What will the listeners find if they go to the website? Well, we used to have a video on there, but I don't know what happened to it, because I looked on it yesterday, and the video was gone, so it just has a, a little bit of information. It's not very much. Um, I also am on Facebook uh, under just Mary Allen, I guess, um, and you can find out some more things, I suppose. Now, but Author House has the most information, I would say. This book is so very personal and so very inspirational. I know that our listeners are hanging on every word because you're you're such a good speaker and you're so passionate about the topic in the book and about God. What when the listeners become readers and they pick up a copy of Living the High Note and they sit down and I see them sitting down in a quiet place and starting to read the book and starting to read your story. This strikes me as a book that I will read and then I will think about and then I will read and then I will think about what I've read and then I'll read and I think about what I've read. And this is a book that I'll want to keep. This is not a book that I'll read and donate. This is a book that I'll want to keep. I'll sit down and I'll read and I'll don't and I'll, finally I'll come to that very, very last page. I'll read the last page, and I'll close that back cover. Maybe not for the last time, but for this time. What do you, as the author, writer of this wonderful, inspirational book, want this reader to take away with them after they read that last page, Mary? What I would like them to think about 
is their own life with God and how, which way are they going to live their life? Are they going to live it for themselves or are they going to follow whatever God's path is for them? They can find out just asking him and he'll begin to show them if they're truly, truly sincere. And uh, also I want to report remind them the one thing that a friend of mine said a long time ago um, and that is to remember to say in your heart I believe in Jesus Christ and he will do the rest you see we don't have to do a whole lot of stuff God will show us what to do and I mean a lot of people for example they don't like to sing in front of people because they're embarrassed that their voice is not that good or something Um, And I've always found it very easy to sing in front of people. But there were times when I was very much afraid, and the Lord helped me overcome that. But when I sing, it's one of the easiest things that I I can do in my life. I, I just find it so easy. And people, most people don't find that particular thing easy for them. But you asked me about cooking and baking a cake, and that's hard for me. So I, I know that God has made us all different, but we all have one thing in common. We have been made by God. He is our Father, and that is why He set us on a course so that we can reach Him. And He is a loving God, and but He's not a fool. He will not be mocked. You know, you have to be sincere. And I hope they would just remember that... He, their life was formed by God, but there's a reason. They're unique. Each person is unique, and God made them for a reason. And it may just be to be a wonderful mother or a wonderful father to their children and grand and grandparents, and uh, maybe just a family thing, or it might be something else. It doesn't have to be really drastic because God is going to do all the work. He really does all the work. And you just put in the time getting ready for whatever it is he's getting you to do. So remember, I believe in Jesus Christ, and he will do the rest. Mary, it's been such an absolute pleasure to talk with you today and to have you as my guest on Books on Air. Your book is inspirational. Your stories are inspirational, and you are inspirational. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Well, thank you very much. I really had a lot of fun talking about Living the High Note. Now remember, you can find Mary's book, Living the High Note, by Mary Angela Allen, A-L-L-E-N, on Amazon, the Barnes & Noble website, and on the Author House website. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I so hope that you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.